You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Love of the Star podcast. I am Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. Joined as always by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation, 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And he has had two dominant victories to talk about on that post-game show the last couple of weeks. The Cowboys uh, drub the Jets uh, in week two, 30 to 10 at AT AT&T Stadium. Brian, I know you and I were kicking around uh, potential scores and things like that. I I don't think either of us had a 20-point victory. You were a little more high-scoring than me, I know. Uh, But the Cowboys come out of this one. Another really impressive day for the defense. Uh, The offense started strong, uh, maybe spun their wheels a little bit in the second half, but we'll dive into all of this. Uh, your your macro takeaway, your your big thing. What's your what's your one big takeaway coming out of this game, Brian? I was really surprised at the arrogance to which the Jets play that football game defensively. Mm. I, I feel like that they knew they were in some trouble offensively. Everybody that we had a chance to visit with, Bobby, you mentioned you're one of the Great guests that we have on the the Cowboys pregame show. We had Bob Wischusen, who does the Jets uh, radio broadcast. Uh, you know, a very accomplished media member, good eye, been around a lot of good football. You know, in his day, so I got the detection there was a little bit of uh, apprehension by him for the offensive side of the ball for the Jets. Talking to Tracy Wolfson from CBS, she was talking about jet confidence, but you know, there's things that they're going to have to do to have success. Um, I don't think we overrated the the jet defense at all. Uh, I think they have outstanding players. I also think the Dallas Cowboys have some outstanding players. Yeah. But I mentioned the arrogance in which the Jets play defense, and it's something that I think that they're going to learn from and probably be better for it in the future. And that's that when you keep your corners on the same side of the field, I mean the same side, a right corner and a left corner, and you don't show the flexibility to be able to travel with. And I think it's something that Sauce Gardner, the very talented corner from the Jets, came out and basically said, hey, let me travel. Let me." And there's some schemes that – I know under the uh, 
uh, the previous regime for the Cowboys defensively of not Mike Nolan, but uh, you know what we saw you know back in the day was a uh, with Rod Marinelli was the he was not really willing to always travel with guys, and yep. that's because they always fear that if you travel with it'll change everybody else's responsibility in the defense. So there's some positives, there's some negatives, according to defensive, defensive coordinators. But the arrogance of which the Jets played, they felt like that their pass rush was probably good enough to get pressure. It didn't. They probably felt like that they could cover on the back end playing mostly zone. It didn't work. So there was some real arrogance there. The fact that Mike McCarthy in the pregame with Brad Sham, well, I take that back. Post game, uh, when he when we we heard Coach talk, he mentioned that they were concerned about with no cooks in the game for the Cowboys. How would the Jets play? Would they try and bracket? Would they cover? Would double cover? Would they try and take C.D. Lamb out of the game? And they really didn't. And Mike. McCarthy and his staff give them a lot of credit. I know I'm one of those guys that, you know, people that listen to us say, well, Broadus, you don't like McCarthy. No, I, it's not that I don't like Mike McCarthy. I'm just, you know, I'm happy things are working out for him. I really am. I'm, you know, I want to see the Cowboys win football games. I want to see him move the ball. I want to see him score points. So sure. But I'm going to give Mike McCarthy and his staff some credit here. They kept moving CeeDee Lamb around and the Jets really didn't have an answer for that. And once once that the Cowboys figured out that there was not going to be a traveler, they're not going to bracket, they're not going to play man coverage, then they went to work on with CeeDee Lamb throwing the football. It didn't, it didn't turn into, even though Jalen Tolbert played well in his first big stage opportunity, and I say first because last year was an absolute disaster for him. So I'm kind of I'm trying to say this to me is really the first time that we'll, you know, we've seen him play on this big stage like this. I think he did very well. Michael Gallup, they've got to figure out ways to get Michael Gallup going. But like I say, the Jets' arrogance of just allowing CeeDee Lamb to wreck shop on them um, is something that they're going to have to look at for their football team and in going into the future. Because if you're going to just continue now to play the way they did, you, you better make sure that pass rush gets home if that's what you're going to do. And the Cowboys did a great job of neutralizing that. Yeah, I think that, you know, when you mentioned there that, um, you know, they they played it arrogantly in terms of they thought their front four would be enough to get home with the pass rush. They played a lot of zone, thought that'd be enough in the back end, and it wasn't. I, I do think that, at least for me, I don't know about you, Brian, I thought their front four was going to be enough to get home on the pass rush. Now, and I wouldn't have sat in zone all day and not moved again, but I thought their front four was good enough to to potentially take advantage of the Cowboys' offensive line. Kudos to the Cowboys offensive line doing what they did. Um, and, and, you know, they continue to get the ball out quickly. That's going to neutralize some of the the pass rush ability. Um, so I thought that that was a good job by the Cowboys. But this is something that I think specifically we had talked about, too, was the idea of the one area where you've probably really got an advantage over this really good Jets defense is because they don't move guys, you yeah. could move CD around and you could find right. the matchup and to exploit it. And that's what the Cowboys did uh, and to a lot of success. This is something that, when you look in the first half, if you take CeeDee Lamb's plays out of it, Brian, if you take any time where CeeDee Lamb was targeted, the Cowboys ran 36 plays at three yards a pop. Yeah. And so, I mean, this was a, a CeeDee Lamb carried offense, that connection right. between Dak and CeeDee in the first half, and really kind of put them on good footing 
to do what they would do the rest of the game. But this, again, obviously was a game about the defense and, and just how dominant this Cowboys defense is. And it was right out of the gate. It was Demarcus Lawrence making a play in the backfield on the first carry of the game. It was Micah Parsons. I don't know that I've seen Micah get in the backfield. I don't know if I've ever seen a player get in the backfield as quickly as Micah did there. Yeah, there's all the there's day. all kinds of metrics that were measured that he was it was the quickest get off time or that they they'd been able to measure this year. But if I, if I could, let me just finish up with the offense, Bobby. And yeah, yeah. Your point is well taken about the others. Mm-hmm. The thing that I want to say about this Cowboys offensive line is that they really do look out for each other, and and I mean look out for each other the way that Tyler. Biotish is able to help a Doga on a play, or he's able to kind of help when he needs to a Zach Martin. You know, I mean, they they do a good job of passing stunts inside. They do a good job of being in position. They look very assignment sound. Um, you know, there was a couple of times in the red zone where Tyron Smith got a holding penalty, and then he whiffed on a block on the you know that caught, lost him two yards. But overall, though, the way that the inside three have played these two games for the Cowboys. And Zach Morton is a Hall of Fame player. Tyler Biotish isn't a Hall of Fame player. And neither is Adoga. But they have done a really good job. And we mentioned Tyron Smith has turned back the clock. One pressure, 41 snaps of of opportunity for pass block and stuff. Terrence Steele got rocked one time. But, you know, you know it's going to happen to him in, in these games but overall, those five guys have done a really nice job. And, and, you, and I really believed that Adoga was going to be a liability. But what they figured out, that if Adoga is in like that phone booth of playing guard and the defender is willing to rush him just directly up the field and try and just run over him, that defender is not going to get to Dak Prescott. You know, that's... And they did a they did a good job. They did a good job the the you know of 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 not turning this into a game where both defensive lines were just wrecking shop again. There's that phrase again on each other. The Cowboys clearly took advantage of the Jets' offensive line, and the Jets could not take advantage of anything with the Dallas offensive line. Yeah, and I mean, somebody, you you mentioned there the guys on the interior, you, you know, Adoga not being a, a Hall of Fame player, Tyler Biotis not being a Hall of Fame player, uh, you know, who's also not a Hall of Fame player, at least not yet. I guess we can't claim anything yet with the guy, but TJ Bass, uh, who had to come yeah. in and play the entire second half, and I thought played well. I mean, there were there this- were several reps where I thought he handled Quinnen Williams really well, and, and I was, I had somebody, I was talking to somebody uh, before the game the other day, and I just said something, you know, watching uh, down on the field. I'd noticed Bass was down there, and I just had made a comment about, you know, uh, Bass. He's kind of the stuff we talked about. I said, you know, Bass. He's a gamer, and you know, they were they were saying like, that's a powerful guy. That's a strong guy. He can move some people. See, this is where, again, I'll give Mike McCarthy some credit. Um, you know, hey, I'll, I'll admit when I'm wrong about things, but this is where I give Mike some credit by not playing his starters. And okay, there was also a Zach Martin holdout, you know, so that kind of made you have to do some unorthodox things. But yep. by not playing his starters, you got three games of TJ Bass playing. You got three games of Awesome Richards playing. You know, you got games of these guys lining up and playing and playing a lot of snaps. 
playing the whole game. You know, that's what you got. And so it makes it a little bit easier. It's not a it's not a shell shock situation when TJ Bass's numbers called and he has to go in there and play. There's been times where he's had to work against the ones and twos in Jacksonville, the ones and twos of of Seattle uh, Seattle Seahawks, ones and twos of the uh, the Oakland uh, excuse me Oakland the Vegas Raiders. Yeah, you know. I have their pennant somewhere here. It's over on the other side. The, <laughs> I see it. I, I see Oakland, it's over your shoulder there. Over, over my shoulder, the Oakland Raider pennant. Yeah, but see, yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's that. That's by by playing those kids, they get experience. I know it's preseason football, but it's experience. It's not a. It's it's not too much for them. So good for them with the offensive line. Good for Mike Solari so far through two weeks. Um, this group is has pulled some things together and, and you know, they're going to have to figure some things out in the red zone, but they will. Yeah. And, and when we talk about it, who did you think? Cause I mean, it was pretty much split one half to the other. Uh, who did you think played better in this game? Adoga or, or Bass? Cause Adoga is dealing with the elbow issue. He's apparently going to be limited in practice on Wednesday. We'll see about his status. It may be that Bass has to go again, but did you think one guy played better than the other? I kind of felt like Adoga was pretty good in this game. I really did. I mean, I, that, when you look at initially the the drives that they were able to have and the way they're able to sustain some things, I kind of felt like that he was a little bit better. But that's you know, and I was I was a guy that was screaming for T.J. Bass to play in the first place. You know, oh no, you know, but just because I didn't see Adoga playing guard, I saw him mm-hmm. playing tackle and I saw him not being very good. And I'm thinking, man, I hope this, I hope my eyes are deceiving me here. But when you when you put him in a situation where there's a, not a lot of space, I was worried about the quickness of Quentin Williams, honestly. And I, you know, and I was and I was really you know worried about Quentin Jefferson, the quickness that those guys were going to play with. Those guys inside handled all that. They really, really yeah. did. Yeah. yeah. Now there were a couple times. I, I I don't know. I didn't end up hurting them. There were a few times where I felt like, you know, uh, I think it was Williams got him a couple times. It was Jefferson one or two times. Biotish kind of got rocked, kind of got driven. He's going to get rocked, times, which it yeah, happens. It but, happens but he, to him. Yeah, he he he, he, settled, he fights. That's the biggest thing is that Biotish is going to fight, um, but you are going to see that'll pop every now and then. You'll see it like, oh, he's you know he's kind of getting bunny hopped backwards a little yeah. bit, but he, he held his own and they're getting the ball out quick that's being neutralized a little bit now. I, I want to circle back to something you had just mentioned a few minutes ago um, about how they didn't take C.D. Lamb away. What happens when one of these defenses in the coming week <laughs> says, we are not going to let C.D. Lamb beat us? What does this offense look like, do you think? Well, it without Brandon Cooks, it can look, you know, it can look pretty pedestrian if you want to use a word. Bobby, you just said take away all the stuff that he did. And it was a team that averaged three. I think, I think that you. When I was walking out of the press box to go to do, uh, I mean, this is a post game show. You said, you said, hey, is the Jets are outgaining the Cowboys, right? Or you had some kind of yeah, yeah. The comment. Jets were averaging more yards per play than the Cowboys. Than the, the Jets yeah. finished the game averaging more yards per play than the Cowboys. Yeah. But that just that that you know. So yeah, it's it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be. It's not going to be what it really needs. But to me, I, I, first take him away. Now, San Francisco, there's teams that have taken it. San Francisco took him away last year. When when you look at what, uh, you know, once Pollard uh, 
uh, Pollard got Pollard hurt. Got hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, San Francisco, they took him away. I just can't believe that the Jets – you're, you're going to get some teams like Arizona, New England coming up. Bill Belichick's going to watch that tape from, from yesterday and go – because he's familiar with the Jets. He knows what it's like to play the Jets. You know, he understands them. Yeah. So he's like thinking, well, like, what the hell are they what, – what are they thinking? Why would you let him do that? And, you know, you got to figure out ways to – to try and take him out of the game. And, and there's teams that will. But the advantage is if you have guys like Cooks and you – I say Cooks, but the tight ends, I think the tight ends played well enough yesterday. They, I think they rebounded after a bad day of catching the ball, you yeah. know, in week one. But, hey, I'm, I'm not saying four targets to Tolbert, three catches. You know, those are that's, – that's building. That's building – there is something that has to be that has to be done for Michael Gallup, though. There's got to be something. If you're going to create stuff for Deuce Vaughn in the second series of the game, my God, figure out a way. And I'm not talking about maybe forcing it, but find a way to kind of get Gallup going in one of these games. My, my guy, he he goes across the middle, and it's like he's a. It looks like a pinata, you know, getting a hit, you know, going yeah. to get in the ball. You know, the catch he made, the one catch he made, there needs to be more going towards Michael. I'm not just talking about the sc- the smokes and the things, those screens and things. Needs to find a way to, to kind of get him going because you're going to need him. In, this ga- in one of these games that you're talking about, you're going to need Michael Gallup to have one of those, you know, six catches, 93-yard games with a touchdown. You're going to yeah. need him to have one of those. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. And I want to circle back on two things here that we. But how does it look? Gallup how does it look? Not good. That, yeah. it, it won't huh. look. It, it's not going to be good. Just, I, it, it, that's what I'm saying. It, but it's got to be Cooks, and it's got to be Gallup, and it's got to be Tolbert, and these tight ends. You know, it's, somebody else has got to make plays. I do. I want to touch on a couple things there with Gallup and Tolbert. First, I want to remind everybody that you are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Stars and Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. 